This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, and I'm thrilled today to be joined by Ann Corley-Baum. Ann is both the market president of the Lehigh Valley Capital Blue Cross Plan, I believe. She's also the author of a fascinating book called Small Mistakes, Big Consequences. We're going to talk today mostly about that, and thrilled to get to visit with, with Ann. Ann, can you take a moment, tell us a bit about yourself, about your book, your career, Tell us a little bit about you. Certainly, and thank you so much for having me on today. Basically, my career has been oriented always in the healthcare industry. I've always had a passion for the industry and found a lot of connection between my interests and the employer purchasing marketplace. So, when I first entered into the healthcare industry and when I was in school, I always thought I would be on the caregiving side or the more scientific side of the house, but I found this passion for the business side of the house, which led me to consulting and ultimately to the insurance side. And it's a great opportunity to take the business skills, put them to use in making healthcare affordable for and accessible for others. And we do, because we're a blue plan, we do a lot of corporate giving, a lot of community work. And that is basically what I do on a regular basis. So selling insurance, but also making a difference in our community. And what are some that, of the- oh, Go ahead, sure. Well, let me just ask you a question because our audience is very interested. What are some of the trends in the relationships between the big employers and the big payers? What are some of the trends you're watching currently in that world? Now, we'll come back to your book, uh, Small Mistakes, Big Comps, because that's a fascinating concept as well. But what are some of the trends that you're watching currently you know, in the world that you're in of, of between the relationships between big payers, big employers, and, and then the big health systems that intertwine with that as well? Well, if you had asked me that question prior to the pandemic, I would have said that employers are really, especially large employers, are really focusing in on value and quality driving affordability. So really significant uh, initiatives in tiered networks and actually uh, medical tourism, sending employees to a center of excellence and putting them up and their families up in hotels while they're receiving their procedure. So that was one element of this, this um, real push to drive an employee's decision for where they receive an expensive procedure and whether it was through incentives like writing them a check if they choose a center of excellence or actually putting them on a plane and driving and flying them off to a center of excellence we saw a lot of that once the pandemic hit though and now we're looking at these workforce challenges we're seeing a a change away from these steered benefits, they're still available as an option, but we're seeing less emphasis on it by employer groups because they're just desperate 
to get great employees and their focus is ironically slipping back to a, a more accessible benefit plan. So it's a different, it's an interesting thing that I don't think would, we would have seen had there not been a pandemic. And, and you see some of these new plans. I know, you know, United came out with a big plan that they call virtual first. Do you expect more of that in the market, more of trying to take advantage of people's new acceptance of virtual healthcare? We've seen a huge increase in virtual, in accessing virtual healthcare and um, the utilization of it, particularly in behavioral health, which I think is fantastic. So yes, I would. I expect to see more and more virtual health, not only um, on this, not only on this broad spectrum where you don't know where the provider is, but even from local health systems. So we've seen our local health systems across our plan building virtual health into their system. So it's not just the AMWELs of the world, but also local systems making their care more accessible through virtual tools. Thank you. And, and take a moment about it and probably the, the, the focus now on your book, Small Mistakes, Big Consequences. Give us some examples and tell us about the book and tell us what drove you to write it. Well, you get to a certain point in your career where you've learned a lot. And I decided to help others in the progression of their career by learning about small mistakes that either I've made or I've observed in others that really got in the way of people's success. So I started writing down different behaviors. And what I did was create characters that represented the bad behavior. And the characters are characters that everybody can relate to. So one is the transmitter. And the transmitter is that person that never stops talking. They, you give them an in and they could go on for hours. And the downside of being that person is not only does it drive the other people crazy, but it means you're not a good listener. And so what I try to do is show the mistake in a funny way, but that people can relate to, but also explain what the anecdote is. So that when, if you find that you're that person, you can learn how to turn that behavior off and become more successful in this example because you become a great listener. So that was the premise and I decided why not share what I've learned over my career with others so that they might avoid those mistakes and be more successful. Yes, what a fascinating thing. And, 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 and talk a little bit more, where can you find the book? Can you give us examples of big mistakes? Uh, it, small mistakes, big consequences. I mean, I, I certainly have that. Like I could start talking to somebody and if I'm not careful and if I have too much coffee, I might not shut up. Then the person doesn't want to talk to me. But, but talk about what are some of the small mistakes, big consequences that you think of? Well, besides the transmitter, there's um, one of the characters that I 
really find interesting is what I call the um, the person. It's the person who doesn't pay attention in any way, shape, or form to how they look. And whether we like it or not, people are immediately making decisions about us by the way we look. So it's the person who doesn't press their shirt. They don't put themselves together. Their hair's a mess. They've got food on their face. And these things, drive, they, they send a message to the other person that you don't care. And this is true whether you're meeting in person or this is true when you're on a Zoom call or on a Teams call. So thinking really hard about what is the image that you're presenting to others makes a huge difference in how they perceive you. Whether we like it or not, perception is reality. The instant somebody sees us, they're making assumptions about who we are, how intelligent we are, what we know, what we don't know. And you wanna make sure that your whole image, your body language, your facial expressions, and the clothes that you're wearing, that your physical image matches with that impression that you're trying to make. So something as simple as not ironing your shirt, it's a small mistake, but it can have a huge impact on how others see you. It, it's so true, isn't it? I mean, I, I was at a board meeting this morning, you know, and um, I chose to wear the khakis and the button down versus the full suit. And I know as I'm thinking about that, that it has some impact on how people view me for being like that. And then, you know, in today's world, some people dress like that. Others are wearing their suits. Others are totally formally dressed. But but it does send a message one way or the other, good or bad. Always. Right. And, and now it's even more complicated because what is the dress code now? What is the dress code for a Zoom call? What's that say about you? What's it, it, it's so funny. I had a, a call that I was on and there was a college professor that was part of the call. We were having a discussion. She gets up from her chair, which first of all, Turn the camera off if you're getting up from your chair. But she gets up from her chair, and behind her chair is this little bar with, I mean, bottles of booze, a glass full of what may have been Coke, but certainly looked like whiskey. And whether she just happened to have placed her chair there, and that happened to be what was behind it or not, the message it sent is when I'm not on my Zoom call, I'm boozing it up. And that is critical to think about what is this message that you're sending with the background on your Zoom call or the clothes that you're wearing or your facial expressions. Are you saying, yes, you like something, but shaking your head no? And all of these things really, really matter. So, so true. Where can people find the book and where do they find the book? Where do they learn more about you? So the books are available on anywhere where books are sold, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You can find them there. 
And um, for more information about me, that can be found at vision-accomplished.com. And just magnificent. What a tremendous career and president of one of the great payers in the country. Thank you for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. What a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you so much for having me.